106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. As one nation, America mourns the loss of our brave and brilliant American service members in a savage and barbaric terrorist attack in Afghanistan. These noble American warriors laid down their lives in the line of duty. They sacrificed themselves for the country that they loved, racing against time to rescue their fellow citizens from harm's way. They died as American heroes, and our nation will honor their memory forever. I want to express my deepest condolences to the families of those we have lost. Today, all Americans grieve alongside you. Together, we also pray that God will heal the other courageous American service members who were wounded in this heinous attack. In addition, our hearts are with the families of all the innocent civilians who died and with the many men, women, and children who were terribly injured in this act of evil. This tragedy should never have taken place. It should never have happened, and it would not have happened if I were your president. Over the past few weeks, I know that many Americans have felt profound sorrow and even pain watching the events taking place in Afghanistan, and perhaps none more so than the veterans of that 20-year war. Many of them answered the call proudly and without hesitation after the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001. Every American who served in Afghanistan has made tremendous sacrifices for our country. On behalf of your fellow citizens, I want you to know that those sacrifices were not made in vain. We know what you did. We know how brave you were. And we thank you. We salute you. And we honor you for all time. I hope that every American will join me in continuing to pray for the safe return of all U.S. citizens and soldiers from Afghanistan in the coming days. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America. Yes, Vice President, I just wanted to get your thoughts on um, Afghanistan, the humanitarian crisis that is that is going on there. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Okay, uh, what about the crisis at the border? There are thousands of stranded migrant children. It seems like it's just kind of chaotic. I mean, what do you what do you think about that? <laughs> I've never been. <laughs> I mean, I don't, you know, beats me. A new terror alert has been issued by Homeland Security tonight. Pete Williams is here. Pete, what do we know about this? Well, DHS says this new terrorism advisory is not based on any actual threats or plots, but it says there's a rise in anti-government rhetoric. Some of it is opposition to COVID public health rules like mask and vaccine measures. Some calls for violent action are based on claims of election fraud or a belief that Donald Trump can be reinstated. And DHS says the coming 20th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks and religious holidays later this year could be catalysts for violence. Says this new terrorism advisory is not based on any actual threats or plots.
get rid of them. They are contaminated. They are programmed to think and react to certain stimuli in a certain pattern. You cannot change their mind, even if you, if you expose them to authentic information, even if you prove that white is white and black is black, you still cannot change the basic perception and the logic of behavior. In other words, these people, uh, uh, the process of demoralization is complete and irreversible. To get rid of society of these people, you, have, you need another 20 or, or, or 15 years to educate a new generation of patriotically minded and, and, and uh, common, common sense people who would be acting in favor and in the interests of, of, the, uh, of the United States society. Welcome, everyone. This is Lou Benninger, and this is uh, No Hostages Radio podcast, and this is going to play on September 494, and it is episode 127. So thank you for checking in, listening uh, to us today, tonight, mid-afternoon, portions here and there. Sometimes people say, oh, I listen to portions of the show whether it's live or not. So if you're new to this, it's uh, we're going to do six 20-minute segments uh, broken up by some educational clips. You don't want to miss the clips. They're better than I do. So uh, I'll let you know when those are going to happen. It gives me a chance to kind of regroup here for a minute or two, get something to drink, and then fire off in a few more minutes, fire uh, the podcast portion up. So um, let me give you a few ways to connect with me. Uh, you can reach me on email at lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesplural.radio.com, lou at nohostagesradio.com. I do check that email pretty frequently. I don't get a ton of emails, uh, but I do get some, so I check it. Uh, also, you can reach me at uh, 530-713-1838. I'm on the West Coast, left coast, up here in Northern California. So I'm, I'm able to take a call, and I do answer the phone 24 hours a day because I do other things on that phone as well. Uh, but a text would be fine if it's in the middle of the night, if you're back east or something, and uh, or in another part of the world, and you happen to listen to this, 530-713-1838 in California, Northern California. So uh, you can also uh, check out the website, nohostagesradio.com. It has all the previous episodes. I don't know whether you'd be interested in that, but also some articles that I write for. Uh, I put most of them nowadays on Facebook uh, at my Live with Lou Facebook page, but some of them end up over Territorial Dispatch, where I used to write for them for many years. And uh, so some, once in a while, they'll run an article over there. But if you want to see what I'm writing about, it's usually about what's going on in the nation, certainly California or local here. Uh, you can go on to nohostagesradio.com, and uh, that's all done, fresh, uh, new, every Saturday morning. It's a new podcast, etc. So since we started the Live with Lou Facebook 
page. That's what we sh- uh, call the show when we do a live broadcast uh, on an AM station here locally. Uh, we started that page over there when <clears throat> I no longer was uh, the Territorial Dispatch uh, stopped carrying our articles, so we had no place to put them. So we put them over on the uh, Facebook page and and see how that would work. So that's working okay, and you'll also find some of the podcasts over there as well. So um, let's see. What else can I tell you con- to connect with us? I'll tell you if I remember more um, here in a minute. So uh, that, but you can connect with me a number of ways. And uh, oh, if you for some reason can't connect with uh, No Hostages Radio, like if you, I don't know how you got here, whether it's off the website or or whether you got here off your uh, podcast source, but if you can't get it off your podcast source, No Hostages Radio, you can go to nohostagesradio.com. Okay. So um, thank you for listening. Uh, we're talking about. Uh, culturally relevant stuff here today uh every day i talk and uh, i'm trying to uh, make a difference and and uh there is a truism that everybody's going to be influenced by somebody we're all influencing each other remember when we were youngsters uh parents warned us about peer pressure really peer pressure never does let up all the way to the point that you uh exit this life there's always peer pressure you may handle it differently as an adult and not uh, be so influenced some people i notice with this covid thing right now a lot of people are just simply influenced by shaming influenced by getting fired if you don't comply influenced uh, uh by not getting a promotion if you don't comply uh lots of pressure uh lots of uh authoritarianism and uh, that's the way the communists work, authoritarianism, uh, tyrants, they, uh, they pressure you through, oh, you don't, it's okay if you don't want to follow these rules, but then you can't go to the grocery store, or you can't go to a movie, or you can't go walk by the river, or you can't come outside. And so that's what's going on in this country. We're having, uh, I don't think we've ever seen a blitz of totalitarianism, authoritarianism, communism marxism as we are right now and as i've written recently in articles for the uh that go on to uh the no hostages radio.com and on live with lou a uh, facebook page i've been writing about the fact that this is 176 uh redo or deja vu and uh the people in um you know the people in, uh, of america that came from europe they had over a hundred years of existence before they finally just generation after generation uh, sprouted up, lived and died from the early uh, 1600s, right, uh, to the uh, late 1700s before the war really started with England. And so uh, there was a lot of debate and discussion about should among the leadership in the country about can we do this can we break off from england and there was a feeling for a a number of years before they finally drew up the declaration of independence that the country wasn't really strong enough uh morally to take on a fight that there was so much corruption or thievery or alcoholism or there was a they didn't feel like a morally wounded country or a morally crippled country could really stand up against a superpower or the superpower of the world 
And so uh, over a period of years, it, and there was actually some what we would call in the church world uh, reformation or revivals um, or just a renewal experience where a lot of people uh, left their old way of life and, and began to go to church and, and follow Jesus and all that kind of stuff. And it really was a strengthening in terms of a moral fiber because they said they felt that if they took over if they took control of the country away from England, if they didn't have the people that, that were able to run the government, uh, and because they really wanted a, a people, a government of the people, by the people, for the people, where people would manage themselves. They wouldn't have a lot of, it wouldn't be a military state. It would be a state where people would manage their own lives and behave themselves. And only in extreme cases where we need law enforcement. And so that's why they wanted a small government, et cetera, et cetera. So they really needed a people that could self-discipline. And they, and if you're going to self-discipline, uh, you know, what moral standard are you going to follow? And so they decided that they were going to, the most of them were following the Bible. And so, um, so here we are again today, and we have really a crippled country. We have a country that's under the judgment of God from, for murdering over 50 million babies in the womb and for uh, child trafficking, um, pe human trafficking, some sexual trafficking, but certainly human trafficking of all, of all kinds. And, and many of our leaders uh, in the country uh, are guilty of pedophilia and uh, improper relations uh, in their lives. And yet they want to lead the country. And so there's a curse on the country for the corruption in the country, people uh, serving uh, for themselves and going in as uh, just business type people and walking out eight years later, 12 years later with millions and millions of dollars because of deals they cut. That is corruption. And, and there, there is a judgment on the country. Things that used to run fairly smoothly, people had good common sense aren't running smoothly anymore. And whether you're at a fighting at a school board meeting or a water meeting or a PTA meeting or a little league meeting, things aren't going smoothly anywhere right now, if you notice. And so right now, uh, the, it, it remains to be seen whether we're going to have a country that's free or not. And it, and it, uh, if, if people are waiting around, to see how it turns out, we definitely are going to lose our freedom because the founding fathers knew that if you weren't willing to throw down and stand up for freedom, uh, if you weren't willing to fight for freedom, literally fight for freedom, uh, you were going to lose freedom and uh, or and liberty. So it's something that you have to you have to stand up. We have people now that won't even get off their chair for every two weeks to go to a city council meeting or a supervisor's meeting to monitor, you know, a lot of times say, well, I don't have anything to say. You don't need to say anything. You just need to monitor what's going on. Sometimes you might want to say something. The air force motto is in God, we trust all others. We monitor our government was to be highly monitored by the citizen population. In fact, the government was not so supposed to have people that had been in there like John Garamendi, uh, who's now pressing 80 years of age, where he's been in there for 47 years or whatever he said. Our government was, it, it's not good for our government to have people in there for three or four decades. And so now, 
in 2021, we are faced with a crisis. And if you don't think you have a crisis, uh, you are really out of touch with reality because you just have to go on some of these channels like Rumble, Gap, YouTube, Gab, YouTube, and look at the fights at the school board meetings over, you know, people may be pretty ambivalent, pretty passive about most things in life right now because they don't know what they stand for. As they, people used to say, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And the people of the United States used to stand for America, the land, the land of the free, right? Home of the brave, land of the free. And there were certain values that went along with that. Those are gone now. In fact, their teachers are actively, actively teaching that this is a crummy country. It, the fact that the most uh, uh, the ironic thing about it is that the very people that are being taught this are standing and watching people break into our borders trying to get here, but they're saying, why don't they teach the kids these people are all making a mistake breaking through our borders coming here because this is really a horrible racist country that's going to steal all your money and you'll never have any wealth, right? But the people that are listening to this in colleges and high schools don't have enough critical thinking to sort out if this is such a bad place, why are most of the people in the world willing to pay to come here, right? Saying all this is not to say that this is a perfect place. There are no perfect places in the world. And this wasn't a perfect place when they established the Constitution. Just, you know, it's almost like liberals want to say, well, it wasn't perfect, so then we need to throw it all out. Or it wasn't perfect, the Constitution is no good because somebody had a slave. The interesting thing is that we were, we were the only country in the world, along with England, that stopped the slave trade, that stopped use of slaves. It cost us a lot more than it did England. But the fact is, our very founding documents, they, they even people that ha- were possessing slaves rode up, rose up and said, all people ought to be free, including these folks over here. Now, the Supreme Court, even in the Dred St- Scott decision, complained about, oh, they, they think that people ought to be able to own a person, Right. So what I'm I'm bringing this all up because I'm saying to you tonight that you need to decide for you and your people, whoever your tribe tribe is, what what are you going to invest in this country? And I'm not talking about paying your taxes. That's not going to get it done. You better decide what you believe in and what you're willing to fight for. Because if you're not willing to fight for anything. They're certainly going to tell you what you're going to have to be doing with your life. Now, all over the world, I've been traveling for years in a variety of countries. In the communist countries, they tell you what you're going to be doing. Now, if you would have let Dr. Fong Lu, Fong, the Soros family Lu, run this county the way she wanted and run the sheriffs the way she wanted, they would have had you forced to stay in your home. And if you came out of your home, you would have been fined or something would have happened. Now, you think, oh, Lou, you're just exaggerating. No, the problem is you don't know what you're talking about. So on this on this podcast, there's a clip of an Australian policeman. I'll call him a policeman. Maybe he's a sheriff or higher commissioner. And he talks about going door to door. And if the number of people and the names of those people weren't inside the building, they find them. Or they went and found them and find them for being outside all because of the common cold called COVID 
and the restrictions that they tyrannically put upon the people. Now, that's going to happen here. They're already debating vaccine passports. And uh, Sutter County, I noticed uh, this week, in fact, I think it was earlier today, they passed a resolution that has a couple of good points and are some really horrible points in it. But the very fact that they stepped out and did it, uh, Yuba County, which is right next door to Sutter County, Sutter County did the resolution uh, about vaccine mandates. And Yuba County uh, has not done so yet, but they they made a, a man, uh, some mandates here, uh, or sorry, uh, uh, a resolution about the mandates. And I'll just read them to you really quickly. There's just a couple of uh, resolved, right, after they do the whereas. So they said resolved, and now, uh, therefore, it is resolved that the Board of Supervisors formally expresses its opposition to any state or federal policy or law that would create a COVID-19 vaccine mandate, or that means you have to wear it under certain circumstances, or seeks to limit or deny due process of law or equal protection of the laws because of an individual's COVID-19 vaccination status. In other words, if you don't have it, you should be treated just like you do have it. Second, they said, we strongly encourage all Sutter County citizens to discuss COVID-19 vaccination with their personal physician. Number three, that, that's kind of getting them off the Nuremberg trials, right? Uh, they're trying to get some space between them and the damage that's already been done for the last uh, nearly two years. Number three continues, uh, we resolve the Board of Supervisors continues to support the Sutter County Public Health Department in its efforts to educate our community on health implications implications of COVID-19 and its effectiveness of vaccinations in preventing severe COVID-19 disease. I have a problem with this because, first of all, I brought up an article. I wrote an article called uh, Comfortable with Communism, and I questioned the IQ, not the, not the general IQ, like you would take an IQ test, quotient test, intelligence quotient, uh, and I questioned the COVID IQ of the Board of Supervisors because if you don't know about a topic, you shouldn't vote on that topic or you shouldn't have an opinion on the topic uh, on behalf of the Sutter County, right? So they they are saying that they are supportive of the Sutter County Health Department in its efforts to educate our community on health implications of COVID-19 effectiveness of the vaccines. Now, the health department is clueless. The health department is lying. The health department is defrauding the public, saying this is a great vaccine. There isn't, there aren't any uh, high-quality scientists that are. There are tens of thousands of people that are dying from this vaccine. There, are, there are people that are that have had neurological damage, heart damage, uh, immune system damage, uh, damage from shingles. All kinds of damage going to the hospital, and nobody's talking about it because you remember when people got COVID, supposedly, or were tested for COVID, they made a big deal about it, and we, we had dashboards every day. You remember the dashboards? Oh, he, we had all these cases tested positive. Or, oh, oh, now these, these, these are over, or these are negative. These are positive. These are going in the hospital. These are doing this. These are doing that. Are they talking about what's happening with the vaccine right now? No, 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 they aren't. People are dying left and right, and they're just saying, oh, well, I just think he died of heart, you know, he probably had a heart attack, or, oh, he died of this. But if they would have got shot in the head, if they'd have got run over by a motorcyclist, getting run over by a car, if they'd have got an industrial accident, and when they did the autopsy, or if they had any kind of DNA fragments uh, or any traces of COVID in their system, even though they weren't sick by COVID, 
It's kind of like if they do a TB test on me and if I test positive for TB, it doesn't mean I necessarily have it. I just, it's in my system and my system wouldn't let it have its way. And so, you know, in the beginning, it just, they were just wanting to find COVID everywhere, just putting it down everywhere. Even when somebody died, obviously from a heart attack or, or diabetes, severe diabetes, or any number of other horrible cancer, horrible ailments, pneumonia. But if they had any kind of COVID, they called it a COVID death. Why? Because the hospital got money for it. Lots of money. I'm just saying to you that the incentives were all wrong on this. So now with the deaths by the virus, you know, back in the, in the 1976, you can look up a 1979, 60 minutes clip. Uh, I just wrote an article about this off the 60 minute clip and other research. They did a 1979 investigative investigative report on the swine flu of 1976. And you know that they shut down that entire after they manufactured 200 million shots of that vi- of that uh, vaccine. That vaccine was so screwed up and damaging so many people with neurological problems and killing them. With just 20 or 30 deaths, they shut down the entire project. Right now, we have 50,000, 60,000 deaths, and they haven't shut down. We're going to be right back for our second segment. I'll be just right back with you. So check these clips out, and uh, I'm going to get something to drink. Hamilton and I love California and I love our agriculture community and driving these country roads that pave the way to opportunity. I'm a proud mother and veteran who comes from a family of patriots who have dedicated their lives to public service. I'm running for Congress to make sure our communities still have access to the American dream. While politicians continue to play games with our water supply, our farmers continue to face growing challenges here in our district. Our representatives should put the needs of our residents first. Families, small business owners, and every resident should have the basic assurance that they're being heard, fairly represented, and treated with dignity. I'm Tamika Hamilton, and I want to continue my service to this nation as your representative in Congress. Paid for by Tamika Hamilton for Congress. Good morning, everyone. Uh, 579 infringement notices issued in the last 24 hours. If it's not already there, people must really start to, uh, to understand and take heed that if you are going to breach public health orders uh, anywhere in this state, you will be caught. Uh, the time uh, is over in terms of warnings and cautions. Uh, a couple of uh, incidents of note, uh, our welfare and compliance teams, Australian Defence Force and New South Wales Police working together uh, on the back of contact tracing information, uh, went to a home in southwest Sydney uh, yesterday morning and found a person uh, that should be there, wasn't there. They made a number of inquiries, uh, and not that long after, that person returned to the front of the house in a motor vehicle. Uh, That person was spoken to by police and ADF, was issued a penalty infringement notice, uh, stated that he'd uh, hopped in his car and went out for uh, some fresh air uh, and hadn't uh, been anywhere else. But the point is that if you are gonna behave like this, uh, yesterday over 2,300 Um, 
houses visited. If you're going to behave like this, if you're going to step outside the health orders, um, you will be checked on uh, and you will uh, get an infringement notice and that person will continue to be checked on and make sure that they comply. You will be caught. I, I couldn't make this shit up. I couldn't make this shit up if I tried. I'm sad that I lack the talent to make this shit up. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. A northerner has been accused of terrorizing London by walking around saying hello. <laughs> Generic northerner Stephen Malley left Londoners traumatised by his attempts to interact with them in a friendly, cheerful manner. Here's Nathan with more. Malley arrived here at Oxford Circus at 9.32 this morning. He had already said hello to several people en route from King's Cross Station, leaving worried commuters unsure why a man they did not know was talking to them. He made direct eye contact. Uh, and then said, morning. First I thought, well, is this just a statement? Because, I mean, it was the morning, but no, something in his tone suggested this was a greeting. Malley was apprehended by London police who were forced to let him go, as friendliness to strangers is not a crime until next year. <laughs> Outside the station, Malley gave a statement. Where I come from, it's okay to greet strangers or comment to them about the weather. I did not know the customs of London, and I apologise if I offended anyone. I did not mean to be happy. I'm going back on the train now. And Nathan, what should Londoners do if approached by a northerner? Headphones on, head down, and avoid eye contact. They are generally friendly, but they will headbutt if cornered. The way the things are going No, I never, ever think of it at all Don't you ever worry When you see what's going down Well, I'll try to mind my business That is no business at all So right now we've had all these deaths And we've had all these people That have been severely damaged Some for life So the, the, poor, the poor thing is That the, this the poor administration of Sutter County, which is, uh, they're mentally deficient. Uh, they may be sharp and, and maybe they got a master's degree in something, but they, they don't, they can't find their rear and both with both hands on COVID. So the health department has gone wild saying everybody needs to take the vax. That is totally crazy talk. And that is the type of thing that should be held accountable. Like in Nuremberg type trials. People think you're all freaky or you're all trying to intimidate people because you talk about the Nuremberg trials or, or the Nuremberg code. Listen, people, if I bring up somebody shouldn't murder somebody, the reason that became a law is because somebody did murder somebody and they made a law. And it isn't weird for me to bring it up or like I'm not accusing people of anything. I'm just saying, hey, there's a law that you shouldn't murder somebody. There's a law that you shouldn't rape somebody. There's a law that you shouldn't assault somebody. So if I say there's the Nuremberg Code, that was written not for people 
in the 1945. This was after 45, and it was written for all future generations to try to keep that abuse of human beings, defrauding them, lying to them, misinforming them, telling them they're going to help them when they when they aren't. And the amazing thing is that during the syphilis uh, testing, uh, the Tuskegee experiment, where they took black men that were infected with syphilis or they infected them with syphilis, they lied to them. And for decades, they played around with their bodies until they died. Horrible deaths. And nobody really held these people accountable. 30 years of lying, deceiving black folks, black men, and playing around with syphilis in their body and telling them they were going to get these special treatments and all this stuff, and they gave them a placebo. Sutter County is doing that right now. The supervisors are, I'm not going to use the term ignorant, they, they have a very low IQ on COVID. I feel like the last year and a half, I got a PhD in COVID because I've been studying COVID and all the implications of this whole movement that, that has screwed up the whole United States. They are deceived. The Sutter County Supervisors are deceived. Now, let me tell you this. Being deceived and committing a crime gets you still punished. Charlie Manson... Uh, who was my gen- generation as a youngster when he killed all those people down in LA, the LA mountains. Uh, a lot of the followers of Charlie Manson were deceived. Those dudes are still doing life in prison and they were deceived. They were, they were led astray by a cult leader. And I'm telling you that Fauci and Gates and all these health officers like, like Dr. Lou, who is a Soros uh, protege of Soros, the Soros family who are communists. Uh, sh- she is bad juju and she is going to be held accountable. God help us uh, for what she's doing. Now, here's the thing that's really freaky. You know, in a, in a resolution, they do these whereas is, whereas, 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 whereas now, therefore be it resolved, right? So the whereas is are stating the state of affairs. So they say in the second, uh, whereas, whereas the board of supervisors believes that scientific data overwhelmingly shows that vaccines are safe and effective at preventing diseases and that vaccination is a key component in responding to the significant health and economic effects of COVID-19. Now that is the biggest crock of crap I've ever seen in a long time. It's just it's just totally fallacious, wrong. That is deception at its finest. Vaccines. First of all, this isn't a vaccine. It is not putting a little bit of the something from the disease or the infection in your body. So it builds up antibodies. This is to it's a it's a, a gene modifier. It's modifying your immune system. It is not putting a little bit of COVID in there so your system can react to it so it can fight off a lot of COVID. It is not doing that. This, in fact, this this is the first vaccine where people that got injected with the vaccine, If you, I'm, I'm using quotes around vaccine. This is the first injection or vaccine that claimed to be a vaccine that once you got it, you can still get, get the disease or the illness. 
Now, that's crazy. And the, the media is complicit with all these crooks like Anthony Fauci and Deborah Burks. By the way, she's disappeared. Uh, and they are saying that we wouldn't have anybody going to the hospital if it wasn't for the non or that they call them anti-vaxxers, right? They they're doing a play off, off words. You know, if you were if you didn't want to kill a baby from the the abortionists, the people like that are into abortion, their term for you didn't want to kill somebody is your anti uh your anti-abortion. It's not that you're pro-life, you're anti-abortion. The normal state of humanity is you don't kill children, right? So now if you're if you just want to live life with your immune system and taking supplements and being healthy and having having your weight in check, that's that isn't normal. Vaccinations now are normal, so therefore they call me who didn't take the vaccine an anti-vaxer. I didn't say I was anti-vax. I'm pro health. My immune system, what God gave me. I came as a factory. I didn't have to go get an immune system. God put that in me when I was born. And so the way they framed, they've they've created militaristic type terms like anti-vaxxer. Are you anti-vaxxers? Oh, yeah, you're anti-abortion, right? No, we're pro-life, right? No, I'm pro my immune system. I'm good. If you're nervous, like I'm not nervous about breathing in the air without a mask on. It doesn't work anyway. But if you're all nervous about it and you really believe in the mask, then why are you mad at me? Because you got a mask on you. If you believe it protects you, you should just be totally confident and all zipped up and ready to roll. If you're all if you're all wanting to take the shots, then why are you whining about me? You, it doesn't matter. I, I can be full of diseases. And you are like protected, dude, if you really got the shot and it really works. The fact is, it doesn't work. And the majority of the people that are going to the hospital right now, contrary to the media, I know, if you, Lou, you're just, you're just a conspiracy theorist guy. You know, you're just making up stuff. I am not. You know, first of all, uh, if you're having a hard time with this, you're, you're not even allowed to listen to this. I don't want you to listen to my radio show uh, on Saturday live show. I don't want you to listen to this. It's a waste of my energy to talk to you. I'd rather have five people that really are getting it because if you still think that that vaccine is doing something for you, I don't know whether you didn't learn. If either, you had to both not learn how to read and not learn how to listen because it's everywhere. Uh, that this vaccine is a total bust and they're forcing it on people. This is the first injection that they have had to force on you where, where people are saying they're talking, they're telling their 20 and 30 year nurses, some of the most top amazing men and women in our country, ICU nurses, surgery nurses, cancer nurses that have kept people alive for decades. They're telling them, with, you know, if you, you can put a rookie in there, but they're not going to have the abilities that these people are telling them you either get vaxxed or you get out. That is amazing. They're telling our soldiers. In fact, I just got off the phone with a soldier today and she's at Beale Air Force Base and they're forcing her to be vaxxed and she, or she's got to come up with some kind of a, a religious reason why not to be. 
they are trying to they're going to tell people you either get vaxxed or you discharge in the military. And if you discharge in the military like that, you will lose your retirement and your benefits and everything. That's amazing. So they're telling nurses, they're telling teachers. This is the first time they've ever done that in history. They're they're begging people. Peachtree Health is offering their their workers $150 to take an injection. For what? What what benefit is it to the business? Do you think, oh, well, then all our people are, are not going to sick? No, none of the injected people that have the vaccine are going to the hospital with the vaccine. It's not working, and they're giving it to other people. They're sloughing it off to other people. So the, the whereas here says uh, about vaccines are safe and effective. They are not. Vaccines have all kinds of risks, regular vaccines. In fact, many people are attributing a lot of the funky stuff inside the vaccine to autism. I mean, that contributes to autism. And uh, if you want to read all about this, go to uh, childrenshealthfund.org. Children's Health Fund. No, Children's Health Defense Fund. Dot org children's health defense fund.org that one article every every week all day throughout the week new articles new articles new articles on all kinds of stuff health involves health you should learn about how to keep your kids healthy uh the other thing is they're begging you, you know the reason pfizer and you think oh these people are philanthropic they they love humanity pfizer uh, johnson and johnson AstraZeneca, Moderna, they just love people and they would lay down their lives for the flock. You know, they just, they read, they got that right over the door. They put that, picked up that up in the Bible, put it right over the door. We'd lay down our lives for others. They would not, you know, they're getting $25 per shot. These guys are all the top of these, the, the anybody invested in these corp, they're all going to end up billionaires. I, I'm, billionaires some of them already became billionaires no wonder they want everybody to get shot they're going to inject children who aren't don't even get this this is as stupid and i said this i've said this multi-weeks i'm just going to say it again this would be like like we have a, a wonderful cancer treatment center here in in uh art in uh, yuba county we don't have to travel like hours like we used to it's a uh, an extension from UC Davis down uh, in Sacramento. Their their medical facilities. This would be like you having a hundred percent chance of not getting cancer. You're not going to get cancer. Did you get that? You're clear of cancer, but just to be sure, we want you to go get 15 weeks of radiation. Would you do it? You would not do it. It's very gruesome. My dad and mom both went through all this crazy stuff. It made them so sick and so miserable. It's very hard. Friends I know that have gone through this, very, very difficult. You would not do that if you were guaranteed you would never get cancer. Children are not going to get COVID, and even if they, even if it came in their nose, which it probably did, their immune system is is so ferocious it just knocks it down and that's the end of it would they have a trace of covid in their system yeah they'd have the fragments of it cellular fragments but it's not going to affect them so why would you give them a shot that could ruin their life could kill them 
could give them, you know, you know, the type of damage that's happening to young people that take the shot inflammation of the heart. I was listening to a doctor today. He said, when your heart is damaged, it does not rekindle itself. It does not rebuild itself. It does not restore itself. The liver, maybe in good circumstances, you might get a regrowth on the liver. The heart, once it's damaged, you have a damaged heart. How, what a tragedy that would be if people send their kids. You know what, right now, the health department that the Sutter County supervisors are, are uh, applauding, they're setting up injection spots at the, uh, at the schools so they can inject your kid at school. Is that unbelievable or what? I, I, I appreciate the, the stand on this mandate, on this resolution today against vaccine mandates. We've been asking for this, of so the supervisors, two things. They can't make, this isn't a law. A resolution is just like, this is our view of the whole situation. And I spoke at the Yuba County Board of Supervisors last week about this same kind of topic. And I said, listen, I'm not asking a law to tell businesses what they should or shouldn't do. I think we would tell businesses. I don't think there should be a minimum wage. I don't think they should tell them that they have to have insurance. I don't think they should have to have a license to operate. I don't think, I don't think there's a lot of things they should tell people. They, I don't think there should be a sign ordinance. I think they should let people do what they want. And so what I talked to the supervisors about, I said, listen, just like you've stood up and had a resolution for anti-child abuse week or for breastfeeding, or they do resolutions for all kinds of stuff that they think, oh, well, we want to say we're for that, right? Child safety week, watch out kids are riding bicycles. I think I was saying, I think they, the supervisors should say, we are not going to institute as a county vaccine passports number one as a county that's a county deal where where they insist all county residents have vaccine passports they could pass a law like that but they could also say we like they said here in Sutter county we don't want to encourage vaccine mandates where people are forced to go get vaccinated to keep their job so the two sheriffs in the area we talked to last week or a week and a half ago, and both Brandon Barnes and Wendell Anderson, the two sheriffs of the Yuban Sutter County, both said we are not mandating that our sheriff's deputies, our employees, be vaccinated. If they want to be vaccinated, they can, but there's no peer pressure, no penalties, whatever they want to do. I don't think that may be true in all the departments. I don't know about the health department. But I think it's appropriate for the supervisor to kind of say ring the bell and say we're not for mandated vaccines or we're not for uh, we're not going to do a vaccine passport. Some counties in some states have pushed for a vaccine passport. What is a vaccine passport? It does. It acts like your regular passport. In other words, when I when I take my passport and travel. Uh, some some countries would let me in just because I had the American passport and it was valid and they checked it off and they let me in, let me let me go out. But a lot of countries, you have to get a visa and you put the visa, it's a little extra thing inside the passport, and it gives me access into those countries. So a vaccine passport would simply be something you would have to carry 
and you would only be able to enter in to buy groceries. They could just there's a whole list of places that say if you if you don't have a vaccine passport, we're not going to serve you. That that's what a vaccine passport does. Now New York, there's a number of areas that have already in, instituted this. So what that does, it makes criminals out of good law-abiding people because a lot of people aren't going to get the vaccine. So what do they do? They go in and they have a health health official who agrees to just take them into the office to vaccinate them. And then they squirt the vaccine out of the syringe into the sink. And then they wipe, they wipe their, their arm, they squirt it in the sink. And then they put a little piece of tape across where they supposedly stuck it. And then they give them a vaccine card and put the little stickers off the vaccine vial in onto their vaccine card. And it makes a liar out of all of them but save their life. And, and so all kinds of people are doing that all over the United States right now. And, um, so, uh, so this whole vaccination situation, uh, the vaccine is not a key component in responding to the significant health and economic. It is not. In fact, it's causing it to get worse. And Israel is the most vaccinated country in the world. And they're, Numbers in the hospital are the worst of all, and there are people that have been vaccinated. So this is absolutely wrong. So I'm for, I'm, I'm a libertarian in this sense. Quit telling businesses what they should do. And I, and I said this to the Board of Supervisors. If Walmart, I'm just using an example, I'm not for or against Walmart. If Walmart decides to have a vaccine mandate, even though these guys said, I wish you didn't. That's all they're really saying here is we wish you didn't. But if they go ahead and do that and they say because, because, for instance, if they're getting a lot of money from the government, they may say, well, we're, we're going to do a vaccine mandate because they give us millions and millions of dollars. And so at that point, what I told the supervisors is let the public deal with public businesses. Stay out of it. In other words, I don't think a barber ought to be licensed. I don't think a lot of people ought to even be licensed. I have the ability, if I go go and I got bad service, get bad service in a barber shop, a restaurant, a tire shop, a, we don't need to have mechanics licensed. Just go in and get the work done. If, as long as they they know what they're doing, they've been trained, go in and get your work done. We don't need all that. We have the ability to not go back to places that don't treat us properly. And that's what that's. Uh, so if people say you can't come in here because of a vaccine mandate, I'd say that's fine. I don't need to come here. I'm going to go shop somewhere else. We'll be right back. We got a third session coming up in a minute. Fellow Americans, the heart of our nation is broken tonight. Americans, the bravest, most courageous among us, lay dead in the streets of Kabul today. They were spouses, parents, family members, American patriots. They had hopes and they had dreams. They were truly the best among us. But even as the world reels and even as we grieve, the United States stands strong. Our freedom remains intact. But it remains intact because there are hundreds of thousands of service members who are just as brave and just as ready to pay the ultimate price. But though we stand strong today, it is incumbent upon we the people
to be vanguards of our republic and take steps to save American lives. In times of trial and hardship, when it seems our government has failed us, we turn to our leaders for answers. We demand accountability because that's innately American. Inaction and indecisiveness have defined our politics for far too long. The hallmark reaction of far too many leaders today has been to roll over and surrender. To do nothing, those days are over. This is not a time for impassioned speeches followed by no action. With that in mind, when I look to our commander in chief, I do not see someone who maliciously makes poor decisions. And yet today we witness devastating heartbreak, American carnage as a direct result of his inept and incompetent actions. Joe Biden does not simply have a pattern of poor decision making. His mental decline is on full display. Our enemies know it. Americans have witnessed it. His disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal proves even further. Our executive is in crisis. President Biden's physical inability to lead is not a political talking point. It is a demonstrable fact. Our president is not mentally fit to serve as president of these United States. I truly believe that he is unable to discharge the duties of the office he holds. That is why today I sent letters to each member of the president's cabinet and to the vice president asking that they invoke the 25th amendment of the United States Constitution and remove Joe Biden from his office. I'm also calling on Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi to immediately call Congress back into session to construct a disability review council and assess the president's state. I cannot sit idly by and watch the nation that I love spiral into death and devastation because our leader cannot discharge his duties. When there is no time to wait, the time for action is now. I take no pleasure in sending this request. The gravity of this weighs heavily on me, but I find no other recourse. We must not allow this mentally unstable individual to direct our country for one second longer. The future of our republic must be carded. The lives of American citizens must be preserved. The time to act is now. Thank you. God bless you and may God bless these United States of America. Joe Biden needs to resign. Kamala and Nancy can follow him out the freaking door. Too many Americans have sacrificed everything. Too many Americans have died. This failed leadership has to end. The path, the disgusting path that they are taking us down has to be stopped now. We don't need to wait for the videos of beheadings to come our way. Please keep our brave American military in your hearts, your minds, and in your prayers during this time. And stay tuned as I prepare to take steps available to me as a United States Congresswoman to bring real leadership back to America and back to the world. God bless you and thank you for your support and your prayers in this time. Employees are now 14 times more likely, apparently, to be struck down with a rare heart condition after taking the Pfizer vaccine. It's been happening in the U.S., although, of course, you won't have really seen it on the BBC or other lefty outlets because it's too much of an inconvenient truth for them to handle, isn't it? We couldn't possibly let facts get in the way of the great big vaccine loving, the never-ending cycle of pro-vaccine porn that's essentially been gripping this nation. Boris wants to jab all 16 and 17 year olds. But then here we go. Here's the kicker. The government policy is to give older teenagers one jab and then wait to see if there are any safety issues before giving them the second jab. Wait to see if there are any safety issues. Are you having a laugh? I'll just close my eyes and do 100 miles per hour on the M1 and wait to see if there are any safety issues. I'll just wander into Kabul unarmed and wait to see if there are any safety issues. 
So we're experimenting on kids now. That's essentially what seems to be happening. That's our world, apparently. Our world leaders are complicit in it. Vast ways of the media seem to be complicit in it. Huge sections of the medical community seem to be complicit in it. And then, how do they really make sure they get maximum uptake? Simple. Remove the need for parental consent, give kids incentives to get the vaccine, and turn them into social pariahs if they don't. In case you thought I was being a bit over the top about the experimenting on kids thing, just check this out. Moderna are looking for children to take part in vaccine trials in America and Australia. So that's literally happening. The condition hitting kids after the Pfizer vaccine is called myocarditis. It's an inflammation of the heart uh, caused by a virus. Now, in most cases, it clears up and goes away, so it's important to make that point. But it can be fatal. You might need a heart transplant. You can black out and be in serious pain. It can reoccur, and there's no known way to prevent it, and there is no widely available test for it. The long-term risks of having myocarditis post-Pfizer jab are currently unknown. Do you fancy putting that in your child? Maybe you do, and that's cool if you do, but the risk is low, of course. But you're well within your rights if you don't want to. That doesn't make you an anti-vaxxer. Remember, under-30s were told not to get the AstraZeneca jab because of the blood clot fears. That literally happened as well, didn't it? But I'm some kind of weird, kooky conspiracy theorist, apparently, if I've got reservations about giving a child a vaccine that's still in a trial phase. And it doesn't come down to a question of trust, doesn't it? The same people telling us not to worry about vaccinating kids are the same people who told us we currently have 100,000 COVID cases a day right now. Yesterday, there were 20,418. They used data that was out of date and incorrect to put us into the second lockdown. And that's not me saying it. That's the UK Statistics Authority. For the lockdown extension, they miscalculated the efficacy of the vaccine among adults and thought the situation would be more dangerous than it was. Chris Whitty has a habit of zooming in on graphs to make them look like terrifying numbers of doom. Matt Hancock told us we couldn't hug relatives at Christmas while well, he was doing a lot more than just hugging with somebody else's relative. Put simply, if you don't want to vaccinate your child with a jab that has no long-term data and you don't believe the consistently inaccurate people telling you that it's all okay, then that's fine. You're not irrational, you're normal. So you've heard people say, well, don't you believe the science, the science? Well, it's, it's, it's just science. Well, first of all, obviously those people don't know what they're talking about because science is not a fixed object. Science is constantly adjusting, evolving, changing because they're discovering new things every single day. So there isn't any fixed science. And the other thing is people are saying that that's a knee-jerk reaction when people don't know what they're talking about. It's a science. Because as soon as you start bringing up issues, what do they do? They just throw up, throw their hands in the air, get pissed off, and start screaming at you and go nutso. Because they're ignorant. Instead of just admitting that they don't know what they're doing and they're just trying to appease the government, that's to me that's a legit argument. Hey, I don't want any problems, right? I don't want to get fired. So I'm going to inject this. It may kill me, but I'm going to please Adventist health, right? I think it's shameful. I'm going to, I'm just going to say this. I, I ran the trauma intervention program for years. We served as Adventist health, and they were very kind to us. And I have great high, high regard for the medical workers. I never really got to knew, know, knew the, know the top people over there, but I worked with medical workers in ICU a little bit on the floor, but big time in the ER. I have really high regard for 
the hard work of those people. But I, I am not. What's what's gone on here is that the hospitals have been complicit in killing people. I'm just going to tell you just as it is. The hospitals have been complicit in killing people. They went along with the national narrative that there is nothing, there's no medication that is uh, applicable to COVID, which is just a common cold. As Simone Gold, a Stanford-trained doctor says, and Stanford-trained attorney says, the virus wasn't the problem. It's your susceptibility to it. And you think, well, that's double talk. No, it isn't. It isn't at all. When my uh, my parents both died of cancer, and after getting treated uh, with all these chemicals and radiation, their immune system was virtually shot. And so at that point, just, a, you know, any kind of bug would knock them out. Same way with AIDS patients, that their immune system was ruined. That's the, why they get AIDS. And so diarrhea, if you got a case of diarrhea, it'd kill you. So they were more susceptible to things that don't bother me at all because I'm healthy, right? I may get a little bit of it, but, but I'm not really susceptible to it, right? So it doesn't really have a big effect on me. So the COVID was not dangerous. It was a big fraud from, to the beginning, but they created a danger by saying that there is nothing, there's no medication available that can treat this and stop it. That was a complete lie. And they knew that was a lie. So doctors in, in other States, some in Cal, few in California, but mainly in other States that were freer, like they put the kibosh on any kind of treatments with hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and a few other items, plus zinc, plus azithromycin. They put the kibosh and said, these don't work. They've never been tested. There's all kinds of side effects, and it's all lies. I've taken all those things. I haven't taken ivermectin, but I've taken all the others, and they, they are not dangerous. And they've been out for 50 years. And so they, they made a big lie about that. And in fact, it took me a while to figure this out, but I realized that if you got tested for COVID and it came positive for COVID, it did not mean you were sick. It just means that there was a trace of that illness in your system, but your immune system had put the kibosh on it. And then I be able, was able to differentiate between people that tested positive and people that actually were ill, like they had a sore throat and they had a cough and they couldn't breathe very well, et cetera, et cetera. But then we learned that the PCR test was a total fraud. That, and that the way they took the PCR test after they rammed it up your nose and they put it in the lab, they, they, the, the cycles that they were using to check out what's there at the end of the swab, well, they were, they were misapplying the use of the PCR test, so they were making everything look positive, and they, they were over 90% false positive. So all those dashboards... The dashboards where it says, oh, we got 500 people in Yuba Center counties that tested positive. Those were wrong. It was like propaganda. And they didn't change it. They didn't go back and say, oh, we made a mistake. And they didn't go back and, and make, a, make a change on the dead bodies. 
that really got, they got killed by something else. Right. And so the fraud went on. And so if you actually tested positive or you were ill, you know what they did in Yuba Sutter counties in California, they sent you home and said, stay home and don't come out of your house with no medicine, no treatment. So Simone Gold in Reno the other day was talking to a, a bunch of the folks there at a campaign, uh, outdoor campaign for a governor, governor candidate. And I'm going to hit the numbers approximate. But she started like from 20, like kids are totally immune, but from 20 to 50, and then she get from 50 to 70 and then 70 on up. <clears throat> I think 70 on up, if you, if you had COVID, in other words, you, ha- you were ill, and you didn't take any treatment at all. You still had 95% chance to survive. That's if you didn't have like diabetes and cancer and a bunch of other funky stuff. But if you didn't have any other stuff and you just got COVID, a person in their 20 to 50s had almost a 98, 99% chance of survival if they didn't do anything but just stayed home. So here's what happened. So people went home and people had other illness issues or maybe they were alcoholic or maybe they had a big bad immune system or, you know, maybe they'd had a lot of cancer or whatever. Once they got really sick, instead of it, it, us in America, when we treat things, if you, if your kid gets a really bad cold, got a really bad cough, you don't let it get any worse, right? You take them to the doctor. And why you, you, you were prevent preemptive. You're stopping it from getting worse. So he doesn't put him in the hospital, right? Or cost more money. In this case, in COVID, we did just the opposite. We waited till he got really bad in cancer to use cancer as an analogy. We, if you had first stage cancer, you had a little cancer, you had cancer showing up on your skin or you had a lump in your breast. We would get you right in and we wouldn't say, ah, Let's see how it goes. It's like, eh, it's only first stage. Let's, we don't want to deal with it till it's third or fourth stage. They never do that. That's crazy. Or if you have diabetes, they want to get that under control and get you on a great diet and get you to lose weight and get you this, that, and the other thing so that the diabetes doesn't have very big damage. They don't let it. They don't let it get out of hand. They sent people home in this county. Doctor Lou's advice. Her mandate was to let people get really funky. Then you go to the ICU. Then they do what? You know what they did? They didn't give them ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. They they put them on radesivir, which killed them. They put them on vents. All the top scientists, Judy Mikovits, Sherry Tenpenny, all of them said ventilators will kill people with respiratory problems with COVID. And it did. It killed them left and right. Killed him left and right. The other thing that killed him was sending sick people that ha- actually had COVID back into the rest homes where the entire population is fragile. They all have comorbidities, they call it. And so wh- what happened is, is, and then this whole thing was to scare the hell out of people, number one, and divide and conquer them. Divide and conquer them how? Mask against unmask. Essential against non-essential. Divide and conquer, divide and conquer, divide and conquer. And so, uh, and to make society so stressed 
You notice society's stressed? Stressed every day. And we got one of the couple of the freer counties of the 58 in California. Stressed every day. A lot more stress than it used to be, right? And the idea was to get society so up in arms that when they introduced the jab, everybody, remember what the pitch was on the jab? Do you even remember? This will set you free. You'll be able to have normal life again. You can go out with your lady, walk along the beach. You can surf. You can ski. You can uh, go to the movies. You can go to ball games again, right? You can have normal life. You can have your freedom back if you'll take the jab. This was all preparation for you to take the jab. And then ultimately we learned that the jab wasn't going to work. The jab, in fact, was no good. In fact, the jab not only wouldn't stop COVID, but it would kill your immune system. It'd cause your immune system. Let me tell you, I'm going to give you layman's terms on what I've heard the scientists say, because I've been listening to them as they came through town. I take my car, I take good care of my car because it's the most expensive thing I have to maintain. So when I go into the shop, it costs thousands of dollars sometimes to fix it. And so I'm careful with my car. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not rough on my car. And I don't rev the motor up really high or play games or burn, burn out or whatever. But from what I understand, the way this new products are that they put into your system some of them are metallic products that uh they will cause your immune system it'd be like taking your accelerator on your car and you're sitting in your driveway and you're just pushing it right to the floorboard and just pushing it at very high rpm sitting there in your in your uh driveway and your immune system cannot they call that a cytokine storm kind of an unusual term but not in the science world they call it a cytokine storm it's going to create a flurry when your immune system is alerted and it gets overwhelmed by this foreign body coming in these creatures and they can't just knock it down easy because if they knock it down easy you don't even feel sick because the sickness is the fight that's going on right and so if you don't feel sick and somebody says oh you are positive for covid said that wasn't bad i didn't even feel a thing but if you really get sick, what they're saying now, once you take the shot, your system is going to freak out when it has to deal with another foreign invader. Now, some people are dying right away. Some people are going to the hospital with shingles. Some people are getting Bell's palsy with this paralysis of the face. Some people are getting neurological problems where their body is in paralysis. Some people are getting blood clots in the brain. So the shots are not working, but the whole goal was to get the whole country to be under authoritarian rule where basic the medical dictocrats run our lives. So every month, every few months, you'll get a booster shot. That's what's going to happen. Pfizer's already got a booster shot and they have pills now that they're going to give you. Your system our system works fine without all those drugs. Sure, there's people that get illness. They get uh, various illnesses that they're able to curb some of the symptoms by medication. Thank God for it, like diabetes. We don't have a solution for it. I'm telling you that this is an entire operation to try to destroy humanity. Now, the people behind it, 
are people like Bill Gates. I'm not, they're not like Bill Gates. They're Bill Gates. I'm giving you a group of people. And they're Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum, one of the most powerful guys in the world, German. George Soros and his, and his brother now is dead, but this, George Soros is still alive, and his son, Hungarian people, came to the United States because it's the best country in the world, and now they, they say they hate the United States. They want to make it communist, right? George Soros, Anthony Fauci. Deborah Burks, all these kind of people. There's lots of these kind of people and a lot of politicians that want to make this a communist country and want to have a one world government. And it isn't just because it's a cool thing. They think that that's the only way that they will uh, get control of the environment, stop global warming, as they, they call it, which is fallacious, get control of disease. Have people have more. Everybody has a certain amount. Socialism. In other words, the rich get poor, the wealthy get poor, and the poor get a little bit more money, right? More money. And the only way to do that is to take control of the whole world. And so they want to, that's why Obama diminished the power and authority and uh, influence the United States of America. He was constantly trying to dilute that. And at the same time, uh, allow other countries to take over. That was, he was trying to ease in a one world system. And Trump was the guy who threw it all into a, a tailspin, their whole one world effort. And he came in and that's why from even before he came in, there was an every day, 24 hour a day for over four years blitz to undermine him, lie about him, uh, slander him, uh, uh, leak anything about him, totally to overthrow him without physically overthrowing him. And so now we're back to the free-for-all, and this is what we have. Remember, with Trump, they told him ahead of time, we're going to have a major pandemic during your uh, during your four-year in office. No one else had ever done that, predict that, and made it come to pass. And the reason it came to pass, it wasn't an accident. It was all planned. It was all planned. And uh, and they actually diffused the illness. And they knew how to diffuse the illness. And they knew that they could, uh, they scared people to death. In fact, people, sheriffs, including local sheriffs, went out and bought refrigerated trucks to house the bodies because they trusted the word of Dr. Lou, who was a, a total liar and, um, and misled the other. She's misled both boards of supervisors. They're totally captured by her. Uh, they, uh, they are totally deceived by Dr. Lou and what she says. The fact that they could write that the COVID-19 vaccines are wonderful while they're saying they don't want a mandate is just it's shockingly crazy. It's crazy. Uh, and to say that vaccines are safe and effective is also crazy. So anyway, the reason I bring this all up is that that's the fight we have on. Simone Gold in Reno the other day said the fight we have is we thought she said in the beginning, we just we knew what was going on. And so it's interesting that people like Dr. Lou are are 
discouraging or at one time forbidding the use of ivermectin, the use of hydroxychloroquine, and a variety of other very inexpensive, very easy, and things that make you feel better overnight, literally very fast. And uh, so that's deception, people. That is uh, the even the ethics, the bioethics, is that you should never force a vaccine on the people that that isn't a for sure improvement on the situation. And this this is disastrous, people. There will be hundreds of thousands of Americans die from a vaccine. Do you think they're going to admit it? They are not going to admit it. Just like they were decept- deceptive when they went to people I know in the mortuary business locally here in the Yuba Sutter counties told me that health officials were calling them to change the death cause on the on the death certificate to reveal COVID. That is uh, that is unethical. That's fraudulent. And that is pushing an agenda when there is no agenda. Uh, an art- article was uh, written in, um, well, I can't remember the, t- the exact title of the plate of the uh, periodical, but the guy was doing an anal- analogy <clears throat> to Galileo when he, through his scientific efforts, came to the conclusion, contrary to what entire society believed, that the uh, the sun did not rotate around the earth, but it was just exactly the opposite. And and they killed him for it. And uh, so what's going on here is, so the, the Pope killed him for it and then just in, enforced the deception that was now exposed that uh, the deception was that the earth did not have the sun rotating around it. And the deception here is they took a common cold called COVID and threatened people with it, said millions were going to die. It's going to be very contagious. We're going to have to shut down business, shut down schools. They created all this hullabaloo. None of it had to happen. Not every, not every uh, country ever did it. And uh, to prepare people to take the shot and come under the total control of a totalitarian government. And in some countries, it worked wonderfully. In the United States, there is a resistance starting. We'll be right back. Tonight, I'm simply here to tell you to unmask our children. We're done begging. In fact, we're done asking for permission. That's right. We are going to be unmasking our children today. That's right. The pandemic is over. The parents are done. We're done asking you, public servants, for permission. We are done. You can all wear your masks. In fact, you can wear two masks and three masks. You can wear gloves. You can have plexiglass. You can do whatever you need to do to keep you safe. But we, the parents, believe we have a choice for our children. And I don't know who you think you are, that you think that you have more of a say than us, the parents, Mm -hmm. and our doctors. Mm -hmm. I don't know who any of you think you are. I really don't. It ends today. That's right. We are declaring our freedom tonight. We do not consent. 
to the lies, fear-mongering, and abuse. You all know it's abuse. This is tyrannical leadership, Mm. poor leadership. Mm. None of you are willing to stand up for our children. This is why we are all here tonight, because we're fed up. We're done asking permission. We're done playing games. The pandemic is over. We are done, Andre. We're done. That's right. See the chairs that you're sitting in? We own those chairs. Mm-hmm. See these lights? We pay for the lights, mm-hmm. not you. And I want to let you know, Emily, you're up in 2022. Greg, you're up in 2022. Marla, you're up in 2022. And Jody, you're up in 2024. I know that myself, I would love to run for school board. And I know many, many mothers. We're not going to replace all of you. So I'm going to promise you tonight that I will campaign against you. I will, I will fundraise against you. And I will make sure that none of you ever serve in a public space ever again. Behind me is because my job as her parent is to protect her from anybody that has ill will towards her. So being that this is her first year at this high school that is world renowned and everybody knows about this school, it's so perfect and everybody does everything right. The first time my daughter tells me and she goes against my wishes to come out of a classroom that's disruptive to her well-being, I have an issue. I am very articulate. My children are very well read. They, are, they speak their opinion. They make sure that they are clear in what they do and do not like. And for the fact that my 17-year-old daughter had to come to me and said, Mom, you don't understand. He's, he's, let me explain. This means that in two weeks, in 13 days, he was allowed to change my daughter's mind about some fascist crap that y'all have led in this school. I'm tired. This is ridiculous. I'm from Texas. So this don't go on in Texas. This does not go on in Texas. There are two grades higher than California, period. So to think that my very sound-minded daughter would go against me and my wishes and our values in our home to be able to go and support this man and he is putting her in harm's way, what the hell are y'all doing? I'm tired. How long does it have to go on before somebody says something? How long? How long? What are you going to do? That's the question. Get him out of here. We don't fucking care about this boy. He got to go. I'm simply for the moment. Gone home, went to bed. While the other kids are still outside. I don't feel time when I sleep. So I snuggle up with my sheets and wait. All right, we're at our halfway point. I want to uh, uh, let me just finish this one thing up. Uh, uh, News, some COVID news, and then we're going to drop back. I want to give you a couple of announcements. Uh, There's a guy named Mike Adams that puts together Nature News. And uh, he does a podcast as well. I I never get around to his podcast, but I read what he writes. And and recently, uh, recently being in the last week, t- two top 
federal drug administration vaccine officials have resigned <clears throat> and just all of a sudden they resigned and uh, those are great jobs they're senior F- fda uh, federal Dr- uh, drug administration uh, food and drug administration officials that's a huge powerful organization where all drug uh, evaluations have to go through there to get permitted to to come on the market and foods special foods etc so um he says it's fascinating that two senior FDA officials who have overseen decades of mass vaccinations have now finally reached the end of their tolerance for crimes against humanity. They resigned earlier this week, citing the astonishing fact that the White House, the Centers for Disease Control and the United Nations have conspired to lock the FDA out of vaccine approval decisions bypassing FDA regulatory authority and pushing vaccines for potential reasons that have no scientific basis. Now, what am I, the, the potential political reasons are, by the way, you know, the vaccines, I I don't have time to, I I don't have time to do a whole show on the vaccine, but let me just, I'm just talking to a lady uh, that's in the air force and she got married a couple of years ago and they had their first child and so I was telling her, I, because she was saying, I'm almost ready to retire. I'll have to leave the Air Force if they don't give me an exemption. And I said, well, is it worth your life? And I said, do you realize that it's sterilizing women? They can't have children. Permanent. It's over. Many women. It's also effect, possibly affecting the sperm count on men. It's also... Uh, creating spontaneous abortions in about 80% of pregnant women that are still in the first trimester. Now, if you're a female and you're still thinking about children, it could end that possibility for you. So when they say here that these guys quit because they're bypassing the FDA regulatory authority and pushing vaccines for political reasons that have no scientific basis. What are the political reasons? When you start talking to Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, they openly talk about reducing the population of the planet. Now, how are they going to do that? They can either go out and kill people. That's a little gnarly and could raise some ire. One of, the, one of the things they can do is they can encourage people to get married later. One of the things they, they've been doing, they could do, and they've been doing, is they've been vaccinating a lot of brown people for years in India and Africa. And they, the doctors in those countries and some of the pastors in those countries have realized that the women that they got vaccinated could not have children as they became childbearing age and they married and they just couldn't conceive and they began to evaluate them. And they realized that the vaccination had some kind of a product in it that stopped them from being able to have children. Now this isn't new. The United States has experimented with this when they, back in the early 1900s, when they sterilized women that they thought were uh, minority women up to no good, they called them imbeciles morons idiots those are really those are mental health terms those aren't slang terms those originally are mental health terms there were people that are slow fools the bible would call them fools simple-minded and they didn't want those women reproducing so they they ended up 
uh, causing them to be unable to reproduce. So uh, now we have easy. They even put them in camps, by the way. So now we have easier ways to do this. And what they do is put chemicals in a vaccine that maybe is for tetanus or polio. And it does more than that. So it's stopping people. So Gates and all the rest of them who have said we need to reduce the population maybe by two thirds of the entire earth. Well, that's a big change. And the reason they're doing that is that's the way to stop global warming. That's the way to stop food shortages. That's the way to stop all the other problems, waste, you know, the lack of resources. So they got this fatalistic view of the world. So therefore, we need to, like, get rid of all these people. That's the idea that the the extreme environmentalists, the bioterror, the enviro terrorists, they're happy about these inf- infernos, these these what I call the uh, Gavin Newsom infernos, which that's created literally a Newsom winter every summer. <laughs> it's cloudy with smoke all summer. Like if you remember, can you even? Sp- remember or quote the last clear day we had so enviro enviro terrorists want people out of those hills so recently i don't know whether tahoe tahoe was in danger of burning i don't know whether it burned down or not but we burnt down paradise then we burnt down greenville and i don't know whether strawberry burnt down or not but they're burning down entire cities and i i don't even know whether someone will rebuild hundreds and hundreds of houses are being burnt and they're they're probably not going to allow them to rebuild in those forests. They're moving people into the cities. They don't want people in the forests. So these are political reasons that they're pushing the vaccines. They're eliminating people. Also today, the Red Cross, listen, people, pay attention. The Red Cross has publicly announced that vaccinated individuals are prohibited from donating blood for certain plasma applications. Now, why is that? Because the vaccine affects your platelets. That's your coagulation element in your blood. And people are dying when your platelets don't work. You can die. So the Red Cross is saying we're not going to accept blood from, uh, from these vaccinated individuals for certain plasma applications because... The vaccine wipes out those antibodies. Now, why would a vaccine antibodies are what are our natural disease fighting creatures, workhorses? But the vaccine wipes out the antibodies. Now, I've heard of people in our local community that are down in San Francisco and Sacramento hospitals because their plasma or their platelets got wiped out. And whether they start up again, I don't know. Young people, they have nothing to do with age. It just, it bombs your system. In other shocking news, Mike Adams says, new research has founded that the antibodies produced in response to COVID vaccines are themselves pathogenic. Do you know what pathogenic means? It creates disease. So I I can't quote the guy's name, but the largest laboratory, this seems odd to say this because you wouldn't think it'd be in Idaho. The largest lab in the United States is in Idaho. And it's run by a doctor, a medical doctor who has got a jillion degrees. And he's a very sharp guy. And the first time I saw him, he was speaking for like a board of supervisors. 
But he gets interviewed on, I think it was on YouTube or Rumble. Anyway, he was talking about what he's seen in his lab from looking at blood work from people that are vaccine, vaccinated. And he said there's herpes in the blood. There's, he said there's cancers, more cancers than ever before in the blood. What's this say? The vaccines are themselves creating pathogens. They're pathogenic, pathogenic. I'm telling you, folks, this is bad news. So uh, if you want to take it, uh, some of you are, are not going to have long to live. That's all I'm saying. So I want to mention some uh, helpful uh, things for you and, and uh, thank a couple of our sponsors. One is all kinds of people are freaking out at schools because they're, they're, they're going to teach critical race theory. They're going to teach your kids that they could be transgender or you, you, you may have uh, testicles. You may have a penis. But you, they're going to have the teacher tell you straight up that you may be a girl and think about it. You know, you may want to be a girl. They're taking, they're allowing people to switch bathrooms. They're putting Tampaxes in boys' bathrooms. Uh, it's just, it's, it's insane. I mean, if you did this 50 years ago, they'd put you in a mental hospital. But this has become mainstream, and uh, there's just lots of crazy critical race theory telling all the white kids they need to pay their dues for something that they had nothing to do with. And uh, so uh, there is a clamoring in all school districts of people leaving the school system. In fact, on the uh, clip today, you heard uh, on clips today, you've you've heard or you will hear people at school board meetings and they're just furious. So people after a year being out of school are are wanting alternatives. And there's and so at Glad Tidings Church of Glad Tidings in Yuba City, some of the homeschoolers started Arrow Education and you can reach them out there at 530-671-3160. And uh, Jessica out there can help you. They are f- having monthly meetings or twice monthly or something. But they're in helping people understand how to homeschool their kids, where to get the best resources, the best curriculums, how to do it, where the where you can go on field trips, uh, how to work together, uh, science stuff, all the stuff. Arrow education, they're trying to help. So... But then there are a lot of people that said, there isn't any way I can do home homeschooling. And uh, so therefore, uh, what happened is some people at uh, out at Church of Glad Tidings, educators that have left the public education system, uh, have launched a, a, a school alternative. I'm just going to call it a school alternative. It's called Embassy Private Educational Center, or EPEC, not EPIC, but EPEC, E-P-E-C. Embassy Private Educational Center. It starts September 21. It's going to be an all-day Tuesday, Thursday, Friday school. It starts at 7.55 in the morning, and it ends at 3.01 in the afternoon. Uh, you can. Uh, there's a couple ways you can reach them. If you want to read all about it, you can go to churchofgladtidings.com churchofgladtidings.com and then just look right up to the left on the on the home page and it says ministries just click on ministries or just actually don't click on ministries just run your cursor over ministries and there'll be a drop down menu and fourth down on the drop down menu has the words embassy private educational center click on that and you'll have a page where it'll tell you all about the school and it's going to, like I said, starting in just um, 
uh, 19 days. And it's going to be, it tells all about it, a little write-up on it. And so the philosophy of the school, and you can apply or fill out an application right on the screen. Just scroll down and just fill in the blanks. When you're finished filling in the blanks, then just click Submit. And that will go over to the school. So, or you can email them at epec at so epec epic at churchofgladtidings.com. Okay, churchofgladtidings.com. You can email them. Okay, that'd be a general email. So, if you need to call them and talk it over with them, you can call this number five three zero. 671-3160. But when you get to that number, you could call them tonight if you want, or in the middle of the night or in the afternoon when they're not there. It'll give you an extension. You know, if you get an auto attendant, just hit the extension for 247. You don't need to wait for the big menu. Just hit when it says, you know, put in your extension number, hit 247, and you'll go back and leave a message. If you call there uh, Tuesday through Friday, they should be around, and um, or or they'll get the messages, and uh, it'll be so six seven one three one six zero extension two four seven. Okay, so if you're looking for alternatives, either homeschool help, Arrow Education. I don't think they're charging anything. The school is a, a fee for education, so there's a charge to go to the school. The fees are, are spoken about. All the details are on the website, churchofgladtidings.com. Hover over ministries. Let the drop-down happen. Click on Embassy Private Educational Center, and then you'll go to that homepage right on that website. Okay? Run by great people. I think it's going to be a good deal. They didn't want to, they were looking for an alternative site. We couldn't find one or they couldn't find one. And so they are uh, going to uh, launch because there's so, people aren't going to go back to the regular system. So I want to mention some, some new people that are uh, supporting. Uh, well, actually they aren't supporting. I'm supporting them and I want them to see good. They, they're not paying for ads, but they're friends of mine and I want them to see, do good. I want to see them do good. So one is Beth Ward, and she just left the public education system after being a teacher for many years, and she just said, I'm done. So so she went down and went to a uh, – I've never heard anybody do this before, but you wonder how people end up knowing what they know. So she went to a sewing machine uh, training uh, – tech training site in I think it was in Texas and they teach you on all the new electronic sewing machines how to tune them up repair them the whole thing and so she went done took that training she came back she came back and opened a business and it's called so exceptional sewing machine services and you can reach her if you have a machine that's giving you fits Give her a chance to fix it. So she'll even pick up your machine for a small fee. If you don't want to pick it up, you don't have any wheels. Otherwise, she's here in Marysville. And uh, so her her uh, email is soexceptionalservices at gmail.com. Uh, so if I was advising her, I would change that to ses at gmail.com because I don't think a lot of people will be able to spell all those words right. So exceptional services 
at gmail.com. If it bounces, then call this number, 530-682-9920, and Beth will fix your... And if you go on her website, which is soexceptionalservices.com, she actually quotes you what she's going to charge you ahead of time without even looking at the machine. She just said, if it needs this, we're going to do this. If it needs that, we're going to do that. And this is how much it's cost you, right? So check it out. The other people that are really cool, it's a it's a brand new uh, business. There's other businesses in town that work on small engines. But these guys um, uh, work on small, Will Fanning and Josh James, they call themselves All Power Services. And they work on, they got all kinds of icons on their ad, like lawnmowers, uh, rototillers, Anything that's got a small engine, chainsaws, weed eaters, tractors, motorbikes, ATV vehicles, boat motors, they fix it all. In fact, recently, uh, A&E, the tree people, they do a lot of work for PG&E. They dropped off 40 chainsaws, something like 40 chainsaws, all broken, tune-ups, something, something. And I was talking to Will the other night, and he said they've got them almost already done, all done. They're just waiting for some parts. But they're out on Stewart Road in Yuba City, 1469 Stewart Road. They also do metal or steel fabrication. So if you need something built or something on your bed or your truck, you need to add something, do this. These guys are geniuses. Go check their shop out. I think just seeing their shop will sell you an idea. So 1469 Stewart Road. It's it's Stewart goes across 99. So they're on the they tell me I haven't been out there yet. They're on the west side of the highway. Uh off 99 so you can reach them uh i'll give you a phone number and also their gmail at 530-844-0347 530-844-0347 or all power 1469 that's their address all power 1469 at gmail.com these guys are fast and they are good and they're really nice guys and uh, they'll treat you right. So if you're if you got a bunch of equipment laying around your garage, I know what happened. You just set equipment aside. Oh, it doesn't work. I don't know what's good. Just take it out and fix it and, and go use it. You know, motorbike, old motorbikes or whatever. Uh, and so uh, also I wanted to mention the latest addition to help us at Thrifty Rooter. They operate in Yuba and Sutter counties and. Uh, you can you can go right on their website thriftyrooter.net it's got a, they got a cool website shows a picture of all the guys there and about a half dozen guys in fact i think i have it up on my screen somewhere hopefully here it is right here thriftyrooter.net and they got six guys there and the boss isn't there but those are all their workers good looking guys all in uniforms looking spiffy and uh, they got a big square. We are hiring. We're currently looking for a service technician. Must have a clean DMV record. Experience not required. We're going to train you in-house. That's true of so many bu- Almost all businesses do that. All they need is a person of character, honest, uh, just nice person, right? Hard worker. Um, so he says here at Thrifty Root, our, our plumbers are knowledgeable and professional. Uh, 42 years. I bet they've been longer. I bet they haven't updated this. I think it's longer than that. 42 years of service. I'm going to take a break and I'm going to tell you the rest about them when we come back. Be right back.
you can see, I'm wearing a mask again. Okay, I wasn't wearing a mask and now I am. Uh, we're gonna keep this thing going as long as possible, okay? Uh, we got 2022 coming up and uh, yeah, we're gonna need this thing to stick around. Uh, so get ready for more variants, <laughs> okay? All right, uh, uh, let's start off, let's start off. Uh, yes. Why does the president support abortion when his own Catholic faith says it's morally wrong? Ah, the sacredness of life. Morals. <laughs> I don't think we want to talk about morals. Um, have you guys been paying attention? Have you guys been uh, paying attention over the last, uh, let's say, you know, seven months, uh, you know, uh, specifically last uh, month? Uh, we left some people in Afghanistan, okay? We said we wouldn't, <laughs> and then we did. So um, we, we left women and children in Afghanistan. <laughs> we lied. We did exactly what we said we would not do. So I don't think we should be talking about morals. We're just gonna, we're gonna avoid that topic altogether. <laughs> Next question. Um, speaking of Afghanistan, the Taliban recently announced that China will be their main partner. Any, any comment from the president on this? You haven't connected the dots yet, which is, which is shocking actually. Uh, none of you have connected the dots. <laughs> <laughs> and you haven't connected the dots. Ah, uh, you're all just a bunch of idiots. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I. Okay, we're just gonna move on. Next question. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I'd like to go back to the Supreme Court siding with Texas. Uh, is the president still considering expanding the Supreme Court? Yeah, we're gonna stack the Supreme Court. That's the whole reason we formed a commission. We, okay, is this not obvious to you guys? I mean, it should be obvious at this point what we're doing. You know what? I'm gonna circle back. I'm gonna circle back and get it. There's a small controversy at a uh, somewhat obscure socialist magazine that is highly amusing and highly instructive about the failures of socialism itself. Now, the uh, magazine in, in question is called Current Affairs, and I, my attention was drawn to this by a tweet um, which says, uh, written by one of the socialist writers for Current Affairs, I'm grieved to tell you that Nathan Robinson, this is the guy who is the um, Harvard grad and the editor of Current Affairs, has effectively fired me and most of the Current Affairs staff because we were trying to organize into a workers' co-op. And then the writer goes, I wish this was a joke, but it's not a joke. So evidently, you've got this guy who's a socialist, and um, he's being um, challenged by his staff that wants to create a union. Now, Nathan Robinson uh, writes this really, uh, I think, pathetic reply to all this, but it gives you a window into why socialism itself is idiotic. I just want to read and offer some commentary on Nathan Robinson's kind of almost uh, uh, sycophantic response because he feels like he's, um, his, uh, his socialist credentials are being called into question. So he goes, um, um, for years I made the magazine basically alone in my living room and I felt it's my baby and I know how to run it. It was hard to feel like I was slowly having my ability to run it my way taken away. So by the way, here's a completely legitimate sentiment. Nathan Robinson starts the magazine. He basically does all the work. 
He creates the structure, and now this uh, workers' co-op wants to basically uh, jointly govern the magazine. Now, Nathan Robinson says, I think it's easy to talk about a belief in power sharing, but when it comes down to actually sharing power, it felt very difficult to do. So Robinson here feels like morally, ethically, he should share power. He never asks, seems to ask himself the question, why? If it's his magazine, he got the idea for it, he started it, he did all the work, why would he create a kind of artificial equality uh, between him and other people who obviously have contributed a lot less? The problem with Nathan Robinson is that he has already conceded the principle and therefore he finds it hard to back away from it. Let me go on here. He goes, this is not about money. I am not a capitalist. I do not expropriate surplus value. <laughs> this is idiocy on stilts. Why? Because first of all, uh, what Nathan Robinson evidently does is he pays all staffers $45,000, including himself. So right away, he's conceding the principle that he, does, he is of no greater value to the magazine than anyone else. Well, if that's the case, why don't you make decisions by lottery? Why should you, Nathan, be in charge? So, and when he says, I don't expropriate surplus value, he's buying into Marx's absurd idea that capitalists supply nothing other than capital. So all the, uh, the idea for the magazine, wasn't that yours, Nathan? Number two, who organized the magazine in the first place? Who brought on board all these other guys? You did. Um, who's the one who's the face of the magazine? You are. Who markets the magazine? You do. So you're not expropriating sur surplus value. If you had any sense, you'd realize that you are contributing more value, at least to the degree that one can say that Marx's commentary provides value at all. But nevertheless, you're the guy doing it journalistically much more than the others. So he then goes on, he then goes on to say something like um, that there was chaos that was coming into the magazine because nobody knew who was in charge. In fact, nobody really was in charge. Things didn't really get done. No one was accountable for them not being done. In other words, when you don't have organization, when you don't have responsibility, when to some degree you don't have hierarchy, things don't get done. And he goes, uh, all I wanted was the ability to remain the executive director of the organization, have the staff report to me to make sure stuff was getting done. Then he goes, that may have been wrong, but that is how I felt. So he reduces it to feelings. It's not about feelings. He wants to get things done. Nothing does get done without organization. And yet he has to apologize for it and bring it down to, well, let me just say that this was kind of my sentiment about the matter. And finally, the groveling conclusion, I will try my very best, my very best, to make sure this is done, reorganization is done in accordance with sound leftist values. This was not that. So what you have here is the uh, abasement, the intellectual depredation, the sheer embarrassment, the sheer stupidity, not just of one Nathan Robinson, but of socialism itself. Oh, you got that twinkle in my eye. Simply irresistible, can't deny. Ooh, you like that smoke that keeps me high. So when I introduced him to my mother, she said, girl, don't you let go of that brother. So Thrifty Rooter, let, let me tell you, so you can do, you can put in a, just like you can sign up at Epic on Glad Tidings website, you can sign up to go to school. You can put in a service, say if you're in the middle of the night and your, your toilet is freaking out running all the time or whatever, or your septic tank's giving you fits, or, or your... Uh, you got a leak out of the house or the it, 
your drain needs cleaning, something, you can go and put in a service request right off their website. Pretty cool. It says service request. Please complete this section. Put your name, email, phone, and check off what you need done. Plumbing, drain cleaning, hydro jetting, camera inspection, septic pump, septic tank inspection. Expect the first time I ever use these guys. I think I was like, I still had hair back then. And uh, they came out and punked the septic tanks at Church of Glad Tidings. I think I've used them a number of times. I, I went to work there in 1987, and uh, there was a lot of deferred maintenance that needed to be done, and they were having trouble with the flow of the bathrooms. So I just called these guys, and they just pumped all our tanks for us, and it got us back to zero. So uh, anyway, you can put the preferred date when you want the service to happen, the address, and any additional information. And then click Submit Order, and you're being business. Or you could actually call them. Go old school and dial them at 530-673-8201. 530-673-8201. You know something? People don't stay in business and have a good reputation when they're over between 40 and 50 years of age. The business, right? That's awesome. Okay. So uh, let me let me get back over. I was looking at their website, which I think is cool, nice website. And uh, everybody's using websites, right? They're just they're just ordering stuff on their tablets or on their phone, just going and getting it. So also want to mention before we go on here is uh, Dr. Cassidy and I've been uh, Dr. Joe Cassidy, who is famous in the Yuba Sutter area, on, with people that have been in, had a tough part, tough time in your life, right? You know, there were people when my, my parents were around before they died that there were surgeons that they would talk about that were famous for certain types of surgery or they were famous for cancer, you know, or they were famous for, uh, you know, uh, fixing your back or something. And uh, so Dr. Cassidy has got a reputation for people that have struggled in their own personal life and many times have struggled with addiction. And you might think, oh, those are the street people we see around the street. Yeah, it's them. But it's also firefighters, police, judges, uh, business people, bankers that struggle with addiction. You think, oh, well, how'd that happen? Well, sometimes they uh, get a bad back like I've had and had a surgery. They had a few surgeries or something, and they, they start using some pharmaceutical opiates, and they can't get off, right? Or a woman... A man or a man tries to lose some weight. They start using something. Pretty soon they get they get addicted to it. So Dr. Cassidy's worked with addicts for three or four decades, and we used to work a lot together with people in the Yuba County Jail. And so now we became frustrated, he and I, talking. We kept talking about we need to get this person into rehab. We couldn't get anybody at mental health and behavioral health services over at Options for Change to respond to us. We kept calling. We kept trying to get people in. Oh, we're not. We're not working. We're we're staying home because of COVID. We're zooming. Uh, you know, we well that person has to go get a health checkup. That person has to go get a tetanus shot. And we're talking about addicts now that have no shoes on. They have no transportation. They're withdrawn off drugs. It's a bad system, right? I can't hardly get through a system like that being healthy. So we just said, let's just call them. So we're we're passing out these. If you want some of these. Uh, little three by three or four by four cards that explain what Dr. Cassidy and I'll offer. We'll help them get Narcan. That'll stop them from dying. If their friend will squirt it up their nose, right when they're knocked out, overdosing, you can jumpstart them. Uh, We'll get them in to get medication. 
We'll get them into see Dr. Cassidy. We'll get them into a rehab. We'll get them into a support group. We'll help them. And you don't have to go through the big rigmarole of the government. We'll just, we're shortcutting that. So the way to do that is to dial up Peachtree Health. That's where Doc Cassidy works. He works part-time. Just dial him up at 530-749-3242. So we have these 4x4 cards. If you ever want any, you can just let me know. Text me or something. I'll get some to you. Or or you can get them at Church of Glad Tidings. We print them up out there. And we just have people in the congregation pass them out all over town. We deliver food into the homeless camps. We deliver them down there. So we're not trying to break anybody's arm over this. If they want to do heroin, hey, it's a free country. They can do heroin or opiates or whatever or meth, whatever. So, But the fact is if they're ready, because we got a church full of people that decided at some point, I'm done with this. This is killing me. And they left, and we helped them. So we're going to help them. And so uh, if you're out on the streets, you get this, you hear about this, you call 749-3242, make an appointment with Dr. Cassidy. You just have to give your name. They'll probably say, what do you need to see him for? And you say, uh, I need addiction, addiction services, right? And that's it. Boom. And so if you have any problem with that, then you can, uh, you can text him. If they, you can't get through the front deal to make an appointment, Text Dr. Cassie. Don't call him. Text him. 530-682-8648. So if you don't have a phone where you can text, then you dial me up, right? You can dial me up 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I've had people call me up at all kinds of hours, all kinds of days. I'm totally happy about it. 530-713-1838. You can text or call me, 530-713-1838, and I will help hook you up with the entire system. We're going to get you off drugs. We're going to get you a new life, get get you back together with your uh, loved ones. And uh, we've seen so many people do that. We, we're totally confident we can do it. We need your help. We need you to be involved, and we'll get you on your way, okay? So I'm going to uh, spend some more time here on another topic. And uh, uh, let's see, there's so much to talk about. My goodness, they're just... Uh, amazing stuff going on and let me I, I wanted to uh if I can find these uh shortcuts testimony parachute huh trying to find out what I want to do here and I can't see it on my list I got some kind of a menu that I create oh here it is so I want to read these two testimonies these are this is heartfelt this is what how the government of the united states of america is destroying our our good salt of the earth people this is haley timmons she said i remember being taught in nursing school the rights of medication administration number one right patient number two right medication number three the right dose then number four the right route number five the right time number six the right documentation number seven the right situation Number eight, the right place. And number nine, the right to refuse. She has that in bold caps. I also remember my nursing instructor stressing how important number nine is. Number nine is right to refuse. And that we, uh, as nurses, have a duty to ensure that the right to refuse any medical care or medication is honored and upheld. To advocate for our patients and protect them. Protect them from what you may ask. To protect them from other medical professionals and people who think that they can bully 
manipulate, control, or dominate any patient to force a medication, a procedure, or any type of medical care. That's our training. And wouldn't you know that this right, in bold caps, to refuse has been what I have had to defend more than anything as a nurse. As an RN of more than a decade, I will forever support the right to choose and also the right to refuse any form of medical care. I can't believe anyone feels that mandates of any form of medicine or medical practice or procedure is acceptable. Let me, let me restate that. I can't believe anyone feels that mandates of any form of medicine or medical practice or procedure is acceptable. Even more shocked that some nurses and nurse leaders in bold caps feel this is acceptable after a career of fighting for defending and advocating for our patients' rights. Forced health care is not health care. Let me say that again. Ampla, Adventist, Peachtree, let me say this again. Forced health care is not health care, and I stand for freedom, for the freedom this country was founded on. I have stood for my patients' rights to choose. And now that nurses and other healthcare workers' rights are being threatened, I stand for their right to choose as well. Coercion, in bold caps, is not consent, in bold caps. Coercion is not consent. And in an asterisk at the bottom, she says, for anyone thinking medical mandates are because the government and their programs care for you, and your health and safety, you should definitely brush up on history and how the Nazis exterminated over 6 million Jews. Now, this isn't Lou Benninger talking here. I am reading about a nurse uh, who, by the way, I have heard these things before, but I, I didn't remember them. She talks about what she was trained in her me medical training about medication administration. Number one, right, patient. I remember getting surgery, and they wanted to make sure, are you Lou Benninger? Let me see your wristband. Are, what are we operating on? It's your right shoulder, right the right, right patient, right medication, right dose, right route, right time, right documentation, right situation, right place, and right to refuse. So I want to read you another one. This is another uh, nurse, RN. She said, my family and I are moving. We are moving to start a better life for ourselves, one that does not include a pharmaceutical to keep my job. In other words, a vaccine. She doesn't call it a vaccine. She calls, we're starting a better life for ourselves, one that does not include a pharmaceutical to keep my job, a drug. 11 years as an RN, nine years working for the same company, tireless hours, blood, sweat, and tears working as an emergency room nurse. Yes, <clears throat> I walked away. I will not be coerced into placing anything in my body that I do not consent to. I will not be treated differently because of this choice. I will not test two times weekly. I will not walk around with a missing sticker on my badge to identify myself, peer pressure. I will not write a religious exemption. I will not fight with my employer that natural immunity should be looked at. I'm going to stand my ground. So many tears shed over the last month, and now I feel absolute peace. I know I'm doing what is right for me and my family. 
I believe the op- opportunities that await me will be bigger than anything I could dream of. Life is a journey. I could sit and be angry, but I am choosing to look at the blessing this will bring. I will still stand and fight, fight for my patients' choices, my family's choices, and for your choices. I will do this by continuing to stand my ground. For all of you terrified for your future, making hard decisions, I see you and I'm sending you love. You are not alone. Now, I want to repeat something that she said that is kind of fresh ground that a lot of people aren't entering into. But my friend Dr. Cassidy did when his job was threatened at Peachtree Health. And he said, I am, I'm not going to take the vaccine because my antibodies, do you realize that, that the health, the very science, oh, pay attention to the science, the health people, right? They are not paying attention to the antibodies. They don't care. They just, they're getting paid to force the jab on you. And uh, she said, I am not going to be treated differently because of my choice to not take the jab. I will not test two times weekly. That's the alternative to take the jab and then wear the mask and do this and do that. I will not walk around with a missing sticker on my badge to identify myself. I will not write a religious exemption. A lot of my friends are writing religious exemptions. She said, forget, I shouldn't have to do a religious exemption. Why, Why should I even talk about that? I will not fight with my employer that natural immunity should be looked at. I will stand my ground. In other words, leave me alone. This is ridiculous. I'm not going to do this. So I wanted to read those two things to you. And uh, I, uh, I wanted to also, um, let's see if I can find these guys really quick. I have a list here. Okay. Okay, I want to read the list of guys and ladies that uh, died in Afghanistan to honor them. And uh, we have staff, these are Marines, Staff Sergeant Darren Hoover, 31 of Salt Lake City, Sergeant Johnny Rosario Pichardo, 25 of Lawrence, Massachusetts, Sergeant Nicole G, 23 of Sacramento, California, Corporal Hunter Lopez, 22 of Indio, California, Corporal Dagan, Page, 23, Omaha, Nebraska. Corporal Umberto Sanchez, of a 22, of Logan Sport, Indiana. Lance Corporal David Espinosa, of Rio Bravo, Texas. Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz, 20, of St. Charles, Missouri. Lance Corporal Riley McCollum, 20, of Jackson, Wyoming. Lance Corporal Dylan Marola, of Rancho Cucamonga, California, Lance Corporal Kareem Nakui, Nakui, let me say that again, Kareem Nakui of Norco, California, that's in Riverside County. Those are the Marines, 11 of them. But if you got confused with the numbers, the others aren't Marines. Uh, we have Navy Corpsman Maxton Soviak, 22 of Berlin Heights, Ohio, and Army Staff Sergeant Ryan Naus, 23 of Coryton, Tennessee. Uh, great respect for them and great sadness at the House of Representatives because of Nancy Pelosi did not want to take the time to do just what I just did, read their names and honor them before the leaders of this great nation. Now, I want to read you this. This is a short 
excerpt about a guy named Bobby Brown that touched me. Pictured here, uh, which I don't have a photo of him for you, but here is Army Captain Bobby E. Brown, who received the Medal of Honor from President Harry Truman right at the end of the war, World War II. Brown distinguished himself in 1944 fighting against Germany. He also earned two silver stars and a bronze star with a V device, as well as seven awards of the Purple Heart. Seven awards of the Purple Heart. After his Army retirement, Brown found it hard to find work, and he combated chronic pain from his many war wounds. He also struggled with PTSD. He became a custodian foreman at the U.S. Military Academy at West Point after working there as a waiter, and in 1971, he took his own life. He is buried at Arlington National Cemetery. He is an American hero. And certainly that's a big issue or big uh, sadness and big uh, problem we have as Americans today in helping our war heroes. Um, I want to also read, I was talking to a friend of mine today that's a German immigrant uh, during the war. His parents uh, immigrated to the United States. They were refugees. And this uh, it's called uh, about some Polish history here. said, in 1946, Dinuda Sedzikona, a.k.a. Inca, they called her, at the age of 18 was murdered by communist authorities. Communists like to kill people. Hundreds of millions. They just, they, you're just expendable. There's no God. You don't have any real value. People are just like a puppy. Just if you want to eat them, you eat them. If you want to play with them, you play with them. She was murdered by communist uh, authorities. She was a Polish medical orderly in the 4th Squadron of the 5th Wilno Brigade in, in the Home Army. In 1946, she served with the brigade's 1st Squadron in Poland's Pomerania region. National heroine, she was <clears throat> captured, tortured, and sentenced to death at the age of 17 by the communist authorities. Uh, Danuta, or Inca as they called her, was shot together with Felix... Zagonzik also was a hero of free Poland. Two people together, they were killed together. Until the last moment, despite the tortures, Inca remained loyal to Poland, did not betray her comrades from the Vilnius Home Army Brigade. The death sentence by shooting was carried out 75 years ago. Thanks to an investigation by the Institute of National Remembrance, the burial place of Danuta, was found in 2014, the ceremonial f funeral of heroin. Uh, this heroin with Zagonsik uh, took place in 2016 during President uh, Duda's uh, posthumously uh, promoted her to the first office officer rank. It's amazing to me, I, we were talking at lunch today, how so many young teens uh, in Europe joined the resistance, and many females were killed at a very young age, uh, teenagers that fought against the resistance. So uh, we're going to take our final break, and then we're going to come back uh, with our sixth segment right now.
My job there was as a foreign military sales officer. So I was on the front lines of acquiring the equipment that the Americans provided and turned over to the Afghan army and the Afghan police. I'm going to read to you um, what uh, is so painful for me and so many other Afghan veterans who served in that capacity and others who served as a part of the train, advise, and assist, equip effort uh, in helping the Afghans. We now know that due to the negligence of this administration, the Taliban now has access to over $85 billion worth of American military equipment. That includes 75,000 vehicles, over 200 airplanes and helicopters, over 600,000 small arms and light weapons. The Taliban now has more Black Hawk helicopters than 85% of the countries in the world. But they don't just have weapons. They also have night vision goggles, body armor, medical supplies, and unbelievably, unfathomable to, unfathomable to me and so many others, is that the Taliban now has biometric devices which have the fingerprints, eye scans, and the biographical information of the Afghans who helped us over the last 20 years. And here's what we just learned again in the briefing that we just walked out of, is this, this administration still has no plan to get this military equipment or these supplies back. CRT. It's been around for a long time. It's been around since the 1970s, so it's nothing new to us. So, so, so what's the problem that we have with it? The 1619 Project was renamed CRT, and that's what people want to teach in our schools today. But as a black person, I look at CRT, and I see that as something that wants to victimize us again, that wants to make us look like we're oppressed, that we can't do anything, that we can't help ourselves. And that's wrong. I want to tell you right now, I'm not getting back on the plantation of dependence. And I'm hoping and I'm glad that this board is refusing that, re refusing with this resolution to ban CRT. I'm glad that you're banning this. Malcolm X said that the worst enemy of the black race, and I, I believe that there's one race, human race. Malcolm X said that the biggest enemy at the time of the black race was the liberal, the progressive movement. This is just another attempt to keep us divided. And I like what these men said about us being united. I like what these men said about us being one, because that's the way we're going to win this battle as one. If we keep dividing ourselves because we're white or black or brown or blah, 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 we're letting the enemy, we're letting the enemy keep us weak. The Word of God says that we're not warring against flesh and blood. Those of us, those of you who are for CRT, you're not my enemy. Those of you who are against CRT, you're not their enemy. We are one. We have to stand together. We have to continue this conversation, understand where each of us are coming from, come to a conclusion. And my conclusion is I'm against this because Hey, the plantation just isn't a good place to be. I'm Maurice Green, licensed chiropractor. 
Did you know that each year more than 20,000 people die? Well, this year you may have passed away without even being aware of it. Here are seven simple warning signs that may spell the difference between life and death for you. One, prolonged absence of physical activity. Two, loss of appetite. Three, loss of sight and hearing. Four, increasing stiffness of joints and muscles. Five, relaxed attitudes toward personal hygiene. Six, inability to remember the previous five warning signs. And seven, the unexplained presence of coins on your eyelids. If you answered yes to any or all of these warning signs, you may already be dead. Don't be the last to know. Write today for this free booklet, So You're Dead, Now What? Box 1977, Gettysburg, Virginia. Do it today. It's a matter of life and death. Let me, let me go up here. I just want to give some kudos to my supporters who are actually paying the bills for me, uh, helping me pay the bills on this program, which is uh, No Hostages Radio, and also Live with Lou, which is a, a three-hour live broadcast on Saturdays. The same time you could get this, you could also get the live show, but you have to listen to it live. I think they're going to re- they're recording it now, but if you want to listen on one of your uh, platforms, uh, like phone, etc. As opposed to listening on a radio, you go to live365, the number 365, live365.com. And that is a website that just carries a lot of different uh, sources that you can tap into. So if you go to live365.com and you look for radio, the icon for a radio, click on that, and it'll give you a box to put in the radio station you want to listen to. So you don't have to put in the call numbers. You just put in the, the letters K-M-Y-C, K-Mickey, K-Mickey-Y-C. And it should come up with whatever's playing. So if you want to listen to me live from 10 to 1 uh, West Coast time on Saturday, you can do that live 365. Then they're also recording that if you want to listen to it later. Uh you know, everybody's got a different gig and everybody wants something special to fit their, their, so we're trying to help you. So there's a Facebook site called It's Yuba City and More, and uh, Chris Starkey's website, or Facebook site, and he's posting the recording of Live with Lou over at It's Yuba City and More. But you can live listen live at live365.com, okay? So I want to mention that uh, these guys... And uh, gals uh, and lady and and guys, I should say, are helping me stay around. And so uh, paying some of the bills. So that's North Valley Paralegal, uh, Nellie Garcia. We had dinner together the other day, she and her sister and I. And they're good friends of mine. And she's helped me legally and uh, been a great help. She's very bright. I've known her for 10 years, probably 15 years, maybe. And they're a wonderful family. She's good as gold. She's honest. She's fair. She's reasonable. And she's not going to steal from you. And uh, so she can get your work done quick. And she's well-respected in the legal community here. She's not an attorney, but she'll be one before long. 
But right now, you can get all the benefits of her not being an attorney because you get better better deals. So 530-751-9289, North Valley Paralegal, 751 Sutter Street in Yuba City. That's right at the base of the 10th Street Bridge, right next to the propane company, between the propane company and, a, and an auto shop is her operation. North Valley Paralegal, 751 Sutter Street. You'll be thanking me when you go there. Uh, okay. And also, uh, the plumbing doctor, they're also a great help to me. They do, uh, they don't pump septic tanks, but they do almost everything else. They're cleaning out lines, uh, replacing your fixtures. I've had them replace my hot water heater. They, they, they replaced a bunch of, uh, water guzzling toilets and put some low flow toilets in. It saved me a lot of money. And uh, so you can reach them at 530-671-9111. And then Greenest Construction, you know them. Uh, you're going to have to wait a little bit to get them, but the best is wait, worth waiting for. And uh, you can reach them at Greenitz, G-R-E-E-N, like the color, E-T-Z, construction.com. Go there and check out what they're doing and, and if, see if you don't like what you see. I think you're going to be impressed. Or you can go to the uh, Facebook site, Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook site. Just go see what's up, and uh, you know you're going to spend a lot of money. You start doing construction on your house and repairing bathrooms and kitchens or remodeling remodeling them. Or if you put on a deck or you maybe put a new entrance on your house, uh, these guys are amazing. And uh, they come – this is another – it's like uh, – Bill Artemenko with Thrifty Rooter, he's pushing probably 50 years in business. And same way Greenwich Construction, he's got over 40 years in business. And they cruise right through. You have a downturn in the economy, these guys keep working because they have people that want them, whether it's a downturn in the economy or not. So if you want to dial them up, you can. You can email them or send a message off these different platforms, but you can text them or call them at 530-682-9602. And finally, um, Elite Universal Security, Monty Hecker. He's got jobs all over Northern California. Most of these guys, even the plumbing doctor, Thrifty Rooter, they're all looking for workers. I'm telling you, forget college. It's a waste of time, and it's going to waste your money. If you don't know what you're doing with your life, I'm telling you, get one of these trades. You'll make very good money as a plumber. Uh, uh, you can make uh, – it just – the trades are where it's at. You can make a lot of money. So Elite Universal Security will train you as a guard. Uh, they, they even have people that work on cars. They have dispatchers. They have everything. They work all over Northern California. They're based out of Yuba County. But uh, if you need a job or you need a job done for you, Elite Universal Security will do it. They're honest. They're former military people uh, and uh, quality people, honest. Everybody on this list i've been talking about solid people salt of the earth people honest people and uh so if you want to reach uh elite universal security you can dial them at 530-749-0280 one of their websites is api-academy.com that lists a lot of their classes they they train people in-house they also do uh concealed weapons classes how to handle mace how to handle a taser if you've got any of those devices, somebody bought one for you for protection, you don't know how to use it, they will train you. So uh, check that out. Okay, let me get back on to uh, the uh, 
the plan for the rest of the uh we got 13 14 15 minutes here okay um let me see something i can do there'll be okay I've I've done this before, but I got to do it again because we got this recall coming up. It's and people, if I say the wrong date or anything, you can always check check me and question me. But I I miss said the the recall date, which I knew really well. Sometimes late at night, my brain just fries and says something stupid. So uh, the recall is September fourteenth of Governor Newsom, and I as I mentioned last week, I have a clip that lists 13 minutes, 100 different ways why you should get rid of Newsom. One of them is is the extortion. Extortion is when you somebody needs something, and for, you, for them to keep getting it, you're going to take a lot of money out of their pocket. So Senator Melissa Melendez... Uh, Senator Melissa Melendez, she's from down in Southern California... She says, like, for instance, it's interesting. You buy a vehicle that, that, in fact, some people, I'm going to do a talk on this some night about the fact that if you're a private individual, there's a lot of people that believe you do not have to even license your vehicle. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to get down to that and I'm going to quit licensing mine. Although my vehicle sold, it's not that bad, but it's still bad. The vehicle, in, because the liberals running this state, they have a supermajority in the uh, Senate and the Assembly. Because they are running this state and they don't want vehicles on the roads, they're, they're trying to force you out of your vehicle. So they're raising the gas prices and they're raising the amount to register and keep your vehicle registered in the state of California. There are some codes, and I'll, I'll look them up and see if I can make the argument in future shows that say that a private vehicle, not a commercial vehicle, if you're using it for your business, no. But people in California have a right, according to the code, to drive a vehicle without having it licensed, without having plates on it or anything. So uh, I'm going to check into that because they are increasing the rates that they're charging to for the privilege of driving. In other words, the Constitution says you have a right to go here and there without restriction by the government. But the government is putting a restriction on your travel by how much they're charging you. You go out and buy the car, right? And you pay sales tax on it. But they're they're then saying you still don't have a, they're saying, they're trying to say you still don't have a right to use that car. You bought the car. But the Constitution says you have a right to use a bicycle, uh, to go in a hot air balloon, to use a car, right, airplane, you have a right to commute around. If it's just for privacy, just for to go to the grocery store, go to the doctor, without the government licensing you. So Senator Melendez compares the price to re- register a 2021 Toyota forerunner do you think that'd be an expensive car that sounds like a really expensive car to me i have a 2003 car it's a nice car but i've never owned a new car not complaining i'm just telling you a fact 
So to register a 2021 Toyota 4Runner in Idaho, what do you think the cost is? For two years, not just one year, two years, just to register it, $32, a year, $16 per year. Now, to register the same vehicle, a 2021 Toyota 4Runner, sounds like a nice car, doesn't it? To register the same vehicle for one year, not two years, $32 for two years in Idaho. To California, it's $627 a year. Now, they aren't deciding we just need that money because we're going broke. We can't keep the roads. They're, they're deciding that any number will do because they really want you to decide, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to drive a car here anymore, right? So it's $627 for one year. So for two years, that would be $1,254 versus $32 in Idaho. Now, the Idaho roads are better than California roads. So don't give me, well, you should see the Idaho roads are horrible. No, no, no. I was over there recently, and they were nice. <clears throat> roads in Idaho, just for your, in, in case you're wanting to nitpick me, are the third best in the nation. And they're only charging $32 for two years on a, on a 2021 Toyota phone. How do they do that? Well, that's something that could be done here. Roads in California are ranked second worst in the nation. I, I had a, 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 a conference call with some really nice people from Caltrans. That's the department, if you're listening from another state, that's the group that manages our highways and builds our highways, designs our highways. Really nice, bright people. They are, they are overpaid, and there's way too many of them. They aren't, aren't, they aren't busy. In fact, Governor Brown said that. Governor Brown said his own group said that there were like 3,500 3, more employees than they needed uh, at Caltrans. This is back when Governor Brown was uh, there. And he, in, instead of cutting jobs, and you could cut jobs by attrition. When people retire, you don't fill their jobs. You don't have to be ruthless with people. Just like, hey, we're going to shrink. You can shrink anything. It's just like uh, empty nest syndrome. When the kids move out, you don't have to have more kids. Or you don't have to adopt kids. You can just have two of you or one of you. Same way in business, you, in government, you can just do it through it. Many thousand, millions of people retire every year out of government. You just don't fill their spots. You just reduce the number of spots. Very simple. So they could do that at Caltrans. But Caltrans, when you look at the amount of dollars per mile, of roadway that's replaced or built, they compare that from state to state. California is the high, most wasteful, highest expensive um, mile mile per roadway in the country. It's horrible, and there's no reason for it. We could we could change everything if we had different different governance. Could a, could a change in governor help? Yeah, big time. You know, people are, are just crazy. I don't know whether my, my, my candidate's Kevin Kiley. And uh, the reason is I think he's very astute, he's very bright, and he's fast on his feet. If You, you can tell by the debates. But he's been, in, he's been in office now a little over four years. He knows how to change things, and he, he's the only guy in the entire legislature and the entire country 
who wrote a book about the corruption of Gavin Newsom. He's the only guy, legislator that I know of, who actually actively campaigned to run Newsom out of office, recall Newsom. And he's the only fellow in the state, with the exception of local assemblyman uh, James Gallagher, who filed a lawsuit. Now, they filed their own lawsuit. Now, any any citizen in the in the state of California could have filed a lawsuit, but you would have probably had to hire an attorney unless you were an attorney. But none did. They didn't think it was worth their effort to stop a t- tyrant. But James Gallagher and Kevin Kiley did, and they took Governor Newsom to court, and they won at the Sutter County level. And now it's up at the Supreme Court. The, my point is, uh, guys, for instance, if you'll remember, things that aren't passed by the Assembly and the Senate, if they're, if they're done by an individual stroke of a pen by a governor, they can be reversed by a stroke of a pen by the governor. All the mandates that, that ruined your life, close the businesses, masks, closing schools, all these incredible inconveniences, harassments, those can be those could be changed without talking to the assembly or the senate which both are led by democrats. Kevin Kiley happens to be a conservative, that could be done right away. Many of you are thinking about voting for uh, for uh Larry Elder. He's a libertarian. I've liked his talk show for years. He is not skilled in governance, right? He's not run big companies like Donald Trump had. He isn't an international operator like Donald Trump was. But so could he do what uh, will he do or could he do or both what Kevin Kiley can do in the first 100 days? Because each of these, whoever gets elected governor, if if uh, Kiley, if I, uh, not Kylie, but if uh, Newsom is recalled, they only have about 12 to 13 months, and then they have to run again for office. That's the end of their term. All we're going to get is a sub, a fill-in to take over for Gavin Newsom uh, and get him out of office. Hopefully it'll spell the end of his his career. But uh, anyway, that's what you're up against. And so the the reason I brought that up is I someone sent over Facebook a guy you know that it gave the what industries donated what. So you'd think agriculture and forestry would vote for the recall, but two hundred fifty five thousand is uh, from that group is working against the recall. Fifteen thousand for the recall. The building industry, check this out, one point almost six million to support Newsom, about half a million against him. Building trades, nothing for the recall. Two point five million for for Newsom. Cannabis, zero for the recall, five thousand for Newsom. Car dealers, five thousand for the recall, twenty five thousand for Newsom. Green energy, nothing for the recall, 25000 for Newsom. Healthcare industries, how much you think for the recall? Nothing. Uh, 275000 
for Newsom. The reason is, is all the stuff that Newsom's done with the vaccines and the whole fiasco with uh, giving money to hospitals. Healthcare industry groups. Uh, for Newsom, 1.160,000. For the recall, 157,000. You see how this works? Healthcare unions, who do you th- think they went with? 3.5 million for Newsom, zero against Newsom. Maybe you didn't donate to the recall. Maybe you should donate $25 today towards the recall. If you want to do that, call you uh, do recall <clears throat> Gavin. Don't give to the other groups, the other conservative groups. They just suck it and use it for something else. Recall Gavin 2020.com. You think you're going to get away with letting these people give all this money? You're not going to give a nickel and you're going to think, oh, I, well, I, I wish you would have let, got recalled, right? Uh, how about this? Insurance and finance, two point th- almost $2.4 million for Gavin, 531000 against him. Media, entertainment, and tel- telecom, $3.2 million for Gavin, 20000 against him. <clears throat> Pretty interesting. Other unions, almost seven million for Gavin, zero for the recall. All right, so we're done uh, for today, and thank you for listening. And God willing, we will return next week. Have a nice evening. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them, everybody.